All right, you ready? This is the Trail Runners Experience. I'm your host, Daniel Ferrugia. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to episode 40 of the Trail Runners Experience. It's so good to be back. It's been a little bit of a break, um, but it's a week before my 40th birthday, so how fitting to come back for the 40th episode. It's um, I know I've been off for a little while. I've been very busy with coaching and my own training, and so I'm really happy with some of the performances of my athletes some are beginners, some are sort of intermediates, and some that are performing at a higher level, but everyone's making huge improvements, and it's really exciting for me. Love it. So well done to all of you. I'm not going to mention individuals by name, but you know who you are. As far as my progress as training going, I was training very hard in recent months for the Adelaide 6 Hour, where I was hoping to put in a good performance, and as everything was going beautifully, I was running probably the best I was, I've ever run, felt very strong and fit, and then as luck would have it, I've um, wound up injuring myself, an injury that I've never got before, and that is a um, stress fracture in my femur. So well, I thought I'd pulled a muscle, but it turns out after MRIs, it's a very minor stress fracture. Unfortunately, that's ruled me out of the six hour and ruled me out of any sort of serious racing for a few months, and I'll be unreduced to some rehabilitation work and some riding, which is pretty frustrating, but that's the nature of the sport. So we've just got to be careful, train smart, even coaches get injured, you know. I've, yes, there's lessons to be learnt, and I'll be talking about these a lot more, and you'll hear a little bit about it in the episode. So on to the episode, Isabel Ross has recently run or competed or battled in the amazing infamous Barkley marathons over there in America. In today's episode we talk a little bit about that and her incredible experience. Obviously she's a very strong runner and so she's competed in lots of other events. She'll be talking a little bit about her sort of career and her the more challenging races that she's faced. One of which being the Greater Great Southern Endurance Run, which is coming up again soon and that's the big race that's on her radar at the moment. And so we'd like to hear a bit more about that, plus all her other incredible performances as a, an Australian representative. So, so sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the latest episode of the Trail Runners Experience. Uh, I'm Daniel, and I'm very lucky to be joined today by a very accomplished athlete, um, Isabel Ross. Welcome, Isabel. Hi, how's it going? Great. And so, good. thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, could you tell us in what part of the world are we talking to you from right now? Um, I'm in Bright at the moment. Um, I'm on school holidays as a teacher, and um, I thought I'd just come up here for a few days and get some of the really good hills in because they're just so much better here, and I just love Bright. And Bright is one of the most magical places. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I spent. I was there last year for the uh, buff, for Buffalo, and um, yep. it was it was absolutely stunning. I took the family, 
stayed in a holiday house. We had a ball and, you know, I managed to get the race done too, so it was good. <laughs> That's always a bonus. Yeah, it's just a great, it's a great time. It's not just the, the hills that are great to run in, it's just a great time to be in as well. Yeah, um, and so you, so you're in Melbourne. You live in Melbourne, but and yeah, I live um, near the Dandenong Ranges, so I'm pretty lucky that I can run from my place into the hills. Anyway, great. <laughs> but you were going for some extra vert today, were you, or this weekend? Yeah, that's right. Over yeah. The, yeah, over a few days, got to get my mountain legs back. I've been doing a bit of um, more flat running, but um, it's time to start working on the hills again. Oh, okay, then. And is there any reason, particular reason why you're working on your flat running? Um, just because I feel that when I do heaps of hills, I tend to lose a bit of leg speed. Yes. Um, so I like to try to do a little bit of road, and then I kind of just got into the habit of running on the road all the time and running with friends on the road. So, it's yeah, time to hit the hills again. Really interesting you say that, because I have this argument a lot with people, and because I'm a big believer. I love hills, don't get me wrong, mm. but I think that it's so important that I think um, trail runners and people who want to run in the mountains, they neglect the flats because you do, yes. you might get stronger on the hills, but you do definitely slow down. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. When I spend a lot of time in the hills, I, I can really, I feel like I'm a, like I'm plodding on the road. So I think it's really important, like you say, mm. to do both. Yeah. And it, it's something really, I think really pleasant about just being able to sit on a pace for a long time, the, yeah. you know, regardless of whether it's fast or slow. But just be able to tick over the Ks, you know, that way. Um, yeah, and I, and I like to be able to do my easy runs on the flat. I think it's good to be, do an easy run and just take it easy. And really the only way to do that is on the flat anyway. Yeah, and the, um, I think a thing as a trail runner or mountain runner or whatever, you've got to be a, yeah. a jack of all trades, I think. <laughs> It's uh, definitely yeah. something. Yeah, I agree because any any trail run you do, there are going to be flat sections and downhill sections that you want to be able to run on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, very interesting. And so what are you training for at the moment? Are you, is there a particular event? Um, yeah, I'm training for the Great Southern Endurance Race at the moment run. Amazing. In, Nove in November. Yes, okay. So... Can you um, maybe, for those of my listeners that don't know, can you tell us a bit about the, the race, the Great Southern Endurance Run? Um, so that goes from Bright, which is part of the reason why I'm here, from Bright to Buller, and it's 182 kilometres. And because we're going from Bright to Buller, it's more uphill this year. It's only run every two years. So I re that's why I really wanted to get into it this year, because it's not on again until well, two years later, 2021. Yeah, wow. And it's quite a... Um, I guess it's got the reputation as probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest, race in Australia. Would you agree? I would agree. I attempted the um, 20, oh, what year was it, 2017. Um, I DNF'd at 100Ks, but I'd, I'd done a 24-hour track race a few weeks before, so I probably shouldn't have even been there. But, <laughs> um, it is, it's really, the terrain itself is tough. It's not just the climbing and that sort of thing, but the actual terrain is quite rugged and, and hard work. Yeah, that, that's uh, the sort of the thing you don't see on an elevation profile chart is the terrain, you know. Yeah. You see the vert, but not the um, what's happening under your feet as you're running. That's right. And so because of the nature of the terrain, it means a lot of the uphills you can't run, not just because of the steepness, but because of the difficulty of the terrain. And some of the flat even, or the downhill is, is quite 
well, was, as I recall, part of the night sections were really overgrown and hard to even find the path. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> and so do you feel better prepared this year already? I mean, it's not a few months to go yet. Yeah, a few months to go. That's why I figured I'd better start getting my mountain legs back now. Um, I don't know. I think actually, yeah, I think I am better prepared mentally. I'd been doing a lot of track running before the last time, so I really wasn't mentally ready. And I think I've done a lot sort of more tough events in in sort of the mountain area since then. So I feel mentally better prepared. Yeah, that's so important, hey. Um, yeah. you, you can't... I mean, as a coach, and I know, and I want to talk about your coaching in a minute, but it's very yeah. hard to coach mental toughness into an yeah. athlete. I mean, you can talk about it and talk about it and, you know, but it's not until you go through and have those hard races and the, maybe the negative races, um, the, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly before you realise what, what it takes to be tough, you know. It, I think Yeah. It, yeah. And I think often those tough races where perhaps you don't go do what you expect or you end up doing anything like I did is where you learn the most and develop the most strength and, and know what you need to push through. Yeah, absolutely. And you obviously got a pretty good mindset. You've, you've um, had a pretty quick sort of rise in the scene and you're um, – so as a, as a runner, I, I'm just reading through some of your – Bios, and I sort of know about a little bit about you, but you you did a marathon. Was that your first big sort of foray into this long distance stuff? And um, you did a bad marathon, if you. <laughs> um, what What do you mean? Like, well, my first ultra was was UTA. Well, my first hundred k was UTA, but I did. I started with marathons. That's when I originally I. I was just going to be a marathon runner because I thought that was far enough. Yeah. But as you well know, that um, quickly changes and you start to think, what, what more can I do? Yeah, absolutely. And did and obviously, I mean, I, I, I think I read somewhere, it might have been on your page, your website, yep. about your very first marathon, you did all the wrong, you made lots of mistakes and whatnot. Um, yeah. yeah. So what kind of mistakes did you make? <laughs> uh, not, I, I don't, I didn't really eat or drink or do anything like that. And I mean, I, I don't know whether they were huge mistakes because I think once again, that's where you learn. But I just remember um, collapsing at the finish and just not even being able to move. Just, yeah. I was just a big, one big cramp. That's all I was. <laughs> um, so, you know, but, um, but I still thought it was brilliant uh, as you do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I like that. I love that visual of one big, one big cramp. I can relate. Um, the, the human cramp. <laughs> That's pretty much what I was. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I never knew what a cramp was until I ran a marathon, and I, <laughs> until I hit that, I think I about 35 kilometres in to my first ever marathon, and my legs. It's like my legs just turned to concrete instantly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that was fun, but um, yeah, you learn as you go, and. So, um, yeah, so since that mar so that first marathon, and you've obviously you stepped up to UTA. And, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I that? ran marathons for quite a while. Because I had younger children then too, um, I just didn't have the time for the training for the longer distances until they got a bit older. Yeah, right, absolutely. And, um, and you, how old are your children now? Oh, God, they're adults. So my oh, wow. son's 22 and my daughter's 19. Oh, great. 
<laughs> so I have lots of free time now. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, I look forward to that. My children are at the other end. They're one, four, and seven, so. Oh, golly, so you're very busy. <laughs> yeah, it's just the sleep thing, you know. Um, that's the thing that's yeah. hardest. And, you know, you don't, you're legally not allowed to leave them at home by themselves. So. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah, I, know. I do try and go out in some of my, um, like my road runs, I'll put my son in the pram and, um, yep. and, but, you know, it's, it's pretty good, but it's, it gets a little bit tricky. And, um, I mean, he loves it, but he falls asleep within like the first two kilometers and then, uh, oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, it's nice. But, um, but yeah, I always find running, pushing a pram was always a little bit hard. It is hard. It's really, cause yeah. you can't use your arms properly. And, um, yeah. and even like the smallest hill suddenly becomes really challenging. It's all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's the means to an end sometimes, but um, if you've got to get that run in, and so uh, yeah, so you're. Um, I was going to ask you a little bit about basically your. So you've ran those marathons, and then after yep. that, tell me a little bit more about like your your ultra your, your foray into ultra running. Well, I guess I sort of got more into mountain running. Like when I was training for Gold mm. Coast one year, I um I did six foot track as part of my training and I won that which meant I got selected to represent Australia at the World Long Distance Mountain Running Championships yes and and um I did that and it was just like why am I running on the roads so boring when I can be running in the mountains yeah so that's I started focusing on that and then the distance just slowly started creeping up you know 50ks and those sorts of things and then um I just I'd always wanted to do 100k and so one year I just went, well, I'm just going to do it now. And I just entered. And I remember I entered and I just absolutely freaked out thinking, oh, my God, how am I ever going to run 100Ks? Yeah. Of course you do. It's <laughs> so, a long yeah. way. It's a big step up yeah. from, a, from a marathon. It is, yeah. Yeah. And so then, um, so your first UTA, how did you go? Um, I did, I can't exactly remember my time, 12.40 something. And, yeah, I did quite all right um but yeah i just remember it was by the end i was i was just dying i just wanted it to be over but yeah i, I did okay i was pretty i was happy with that yeah it's um a pretty tough race um i've never actually done uta but it's uh, definitely uh, one of, on my list but i know i know it's um got a, i've got a pretty good idea of the terrain and I've, I've spent a lot of time in the blue mountains but um yeah and so You've done so from UTA and the World Mountain Running Championships, and so where have you progressed to? Like, what are some of the sort of? I guess you don't have to tell me about every single race you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. But what are some of the sort of the highlights in your running career so far? Well, <clears throat> I guess after UTA, I, I mean, I did it again, and I, I don't know. I'm not that mad keen on doing races again because once I've done it once, it's like, mm, yeah, I want to try something different. Um, then I, I just sort of stuck to that distance for a while. Then I went up to, um, I've always wanted to do 100 milers too. So Alpine Challenge was my first 100 miler. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, I've done that twice. But once again, that's probably enough now. Like I kind of, because I run so much in that area doing, you know, um, Belong to Hotham and all the different races. I kind of know the area really well now. Yeah. I, I don't know whether I have any particular because every race I do, I just 
I just love it so much. I always think, oh, that was the best race. And then the next race I do, I think, oh, that's the best race. Yeah. So <laughs> it's hard to know which is my favourite because I just love them each one the most when I do it. <laughs> it's, um, it's really interesting that you say it like that. A lot of people, they kind of have a different mindset to you. They want to go keep going back. I mean, I've done a lot of races multiple times and I yeah. I guess because I, I sort of think I know I could have run faster through that section or I you know I, I could have been a bit smarter and you get you I sort of think I want to master the, the, the terrain you know and um, yeah, yeah. and um, but I, I completely understand where you're coming from with not running a race a second time or, or a third time or whatever but um, it's yeah, it's interesting, uh, and I love that feeling of a new race on a new course. Yeah. Where, I mean, it makes it the time go past quickly too. When you, you don't know what's around the next bend or over the next hill. It's uh, the every view is different, you know. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's to me, <clears throat> it's about the adventure. And if I've done it over and over again, I don't know. It kind of loses the adventure. I think for me. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. That's interesting. I'm oh, good. I might try that next year and just do a whole bunch of new races. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. I, I reckon it is anyway. Mm. Um, so you're uh, and, um, last last year. I was lucky enough to live in Canada for a year, so um, I got to do a few races there, which was great fun. And yeah. once again, just completely different terrain. So that was really good too. That's um, that's pretty awesome. Some of the best scenery in the world um, yeah. for, for trail running. And did you did I read somewhere that you did the Sinister Seven? Or, yeah, that's actually on this weekend. Um, I've yes. just been following that on Facebook. It's looking like it's a really wet, wet course this year. But, um, yeah, I yeah. Uh, I actually, unfortunately, DNF'd that one too. Yeah. But um, I'd had to go home to Australia a couple of times and had just gotten back, so and a few things had happened and I wasn't really in the right headspace. So, and I didn't have a support crew or anything and, um, yeah, and made a few rookie mistakes. Yep. So... You know, it, it happens once again. It does. Um, it's like it's 120 kilometres. Is that correct? Um, no, the sinister is 100 miler. 100 miler. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I pulled out at about 120 k's. Oh, how far? Because I, I realised I was getting into the backcountry leg, and I'd forgotten all my food, my raincoat. I'd forgotten everything, and it was just like. It was actually dangerous to keep going. Like, it wouldn't be fair on other people to have to come and rescue me when I froze to death out there. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, no, that's no good. So um, how, do you, how do you cope with, the yeah. de with DNFs, like mentally and sort of emotionally? Do, you, do, you, do they hit you hard? Uh, um, they used to, but I've learned now that it's, what can you do? You can't go back in time and change things. And beating yourself up about it the whole time isn't going to achieve anything either. So I just, I'm more philosophical about it now and say, well, it is what it is. Here are the things I can change for next time. This is what I'll do and how I'll be better prepared and so on. Yeah. And then I just look forward, you know, focus forward rather than worrying about what's happened because, well, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do about it. Great. Yeah, good attitude. Um, and a lot of people really take them so hard and I, yeah. I yeah I think it's important to keep life in I, I mean my biggest thing I love running it's my whole life but like I um I do at the end of the day go it's just running like I try to think yeah. I'm not I don't want to kill myself over a race like I'll push myself to my limit but yeah um yeah, yeah that, that's my philosophy too at the end of the day it is only running yeah once again as much as I love it 
it is only running. It's not like I'm out there, you know, finding the cure to <laughs> diseases or something. You know, I'm just running. So, yeah, yeah, I can live with a DNF here or there. I don't like it, but I can live with it. Yeah. Are you um, more inclined to go back to a race if you've DNF'd it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I thought so. Oh, definitely, which is also why I'm going back to the Great Southern Endurance Run because I need to finish that. And I was hoping to get back to Sinister 7 this year, but <clears throat> I've just had so much travel going on. I'm just a little bit over-travel at the moment. So yeah, right. That's why I didn't go. Yeah. And how do you – I mean, you're a school teacher as well, and so how do you fit it all yeah. in? <laughs> um, I get up super early, you know, around 4, 4.30 every morning and train. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm a morning trainer. I find if I wait until the afternoon, I think up six million excuses of why I shouldn't train and then I don't. So I'm better off if I just get out of bed, get it done before I've got time to think about it. Yeah. And it sets you up for a good day, doesn't it? I think. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. No, that's fantastic. I mean, a lot of people, I, I love to get up in the morning um, and you don't, the, the cold weather doesn't bother you? Nah. <coughs> No and, and to be honest, this winter has been super mild in Melbourne. I've been yeah. running in t-shirt and shorts in the mornings, which is totally unusual. Yeah, it's been like that here, here in South Australia as well. Like yeah, has it? Even today, it's like 20 degrees and sunny outside. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, oh, that's nice. I mean, I'm sitting here in shorts and t-shirt right now. <laughs> and and um, Melbourne tends to follow your weather, so we should get that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's supposed to rain later this afternoon, which I don't mind. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. See, I, I, I've become a bit, um, well, I get, people, they talk about fo getting FOMO and uh, if yep. they miss out on, and um, I'm, I'm injured at the moment and I, oh, no. and I, so I got FOMO more last weekend because it was a rainy, miserable weekend yep. and I thought it would have been so much fun to get out on the trails and get all muddy. And but, oh, to be honest, I, I love those runs too. They're good. Yeah. I mean. A lot of the people that I coach go, oh, I don't know what to do if I would, like if the weather turns bad, and I'm like, well, trail running is an outdoor sport. You're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get either hot or cold or wet or both or all of the above. <laughs> and and so um, buy yourself a nice ja a good jacket and uh, take some layers. But you know, it's hard. You can't avoid it. <sighs> Look, when I was in Canada, I was um, running in negative twenties. So, by comparison, it's like it, it just doesn't bother me now. Yeah. Um, have you seen much snow in Bright when you're running? I mean, we're up on the higher. No, level? nothing. No, no snow. Not, not. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not thing. And, and there is snow there, but suppose uh, from where I'm staying, not as much as they normal, normally is. A lot of it's melted. Yeah. Right. Oh, fascinating. Um, yeah, so are you, um, now there's a, talking about difficult races and whatnot, now I wanted to bring up the Barclays. Now, yeah. now you, now I don't know, have you, you've done the Barclays? You, or you've, um, the well, Bar I, Barclay um, Marathon? I was there and there. I did a loop, but yeah. I didn't finish it in time due to a variety of problems once again. But um, I wanted to finish the loop, even though I knew I wasn't going to finish it in time. I wanted to finish it and get all the pages Yeah. because as a point of pride and also because if you do that, it makes it more likely that when you apply again that you will get in. Yeah. If you pull out going, oh, well, I'm not going to make it in time, Laz isn't as... You know, he isn't as mad keen on that attitude, so, which, which I get too. Yeah, when when was this? Was that this year or 
Yeah, that was um, <clears throat> end of March. Okay, so you you entered, which I mean, in in and of itself is a massive achievement, and yeah. uh, and and I, I I like I know a lot of people are really curious about your experience with that, and uh, obviously I don't know, are you guys like sworn sort of sworn to secrecy about certain things? Yeah, so I can't really give any details to be honest, yep. um, and certainly you know when I entered I had to figure it out all myself and that's kind of part of the challenge because if you can't even do that then you're supposedly not you know like then how do you expect to go well in the race because it's all a bit of a puzzle and a bit of a problem solving activity and yeah. so and the entry is the first puzzle and problem solving activity yeah so you can't expect it to get handed to you so, so all those people, all those people that are listening right now, with their pen, yeah. their pen and their notepad, trying to get in, <laughs> you can put your pen yeah, and your no, notepad no away. <laughs> um, so you you entered. I won't go ask you about that, but like, so the yeah. race itself, I mean, everyone, it's become such a world famous race because it's freakish yeah. and it's, um, you know, it is a proper iconic race. I personally have no desire to ever have a go like yeah. I love a challenge and, and I get that because a lot of people yeah a lot of people have no desire and I, and I totally mm. understand that yeah but um you obviously went into it what would you have do you think it's possible for you to finish it like did you like is it <sighs> I mean I mean as it is this year he added another book which which slows down the loop yeah. again um and thus makes it even harder for women, and and I know people go, oh, Laz is being sexist, saying a woman will never finish it. But he's he's not being sexist. He he's actually just he's stating what logistically seems to be the case. Mm. If men are struggling to finish it, then yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I, I think he does. From what I gather, a little bit of a taunt as well to to women. Yes, he wants them to, look, to. He think, wants to try the I challenge. I think he actually really wants a woman to finish it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it would take a lot. I mean, from what I gather from, like, all the the thing, the documentaries and whatnot, I mean, obviously you've got to be an exceptional runner. But I think um, it seems like, yeah, your ability to solve problems and to be, you know, I don't know, able to cope with sleep deprivation. And, like, the, it's almost like the... Um, the running aspect is less important than all the other things, isn't it? Like the people who can navigate uh, well. Yeah, I would totally agree. Like, to be honest, there's, I mean, there is running, but then there's a lot of hiking. Um, and the navigation um, is, to me, the most important part. Yeah. And unfortunately, that was my weakest link. So oh, right. hence why I did not do so well. But um, I'm working on that now. Like I'm doing Rogaining and orienteering and all those sorts of things. But yes, yeah. I would say the navigation is will make or break your race in that one. Um, that sounds really um, fascinating. I, I was just thinking um, an orient, a person who has an orienteering background would be really good, you know. Are you allowed to um, take... Map. You can't take your map with you, can you? Can you take what? No, you have a map, so you get, you know, you get the the park map, and then um, <clears throat> he puts out the master map, and you have to copy the course onto your map. Yeah, you're not allowed to take photos of his map or anything like that. So you copy it, which of course is in and of itself. Like if you make a mistake copying it, then that's going to be causing you. problems too. Yeah. So, and then from there, he also gives you notes on where the books are placed. Yep. Because it's not just finding the course, it's actually finding where he's hidden the books. And 
And sometimes we would get to certain points and we knew we were at the right point, but we just couldn't find the books based upon his cryptic clues. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, and you're not allowed to even wear, like, what sort of watch can you wear? Well, um, about after he blows the conch is when he puts out his uh, watches, which are, you know, just crappy basic watches that um, I, I just tell the time, that's it. I love that con. I love that idea. I, I just, yeah. you know, and we're in such a Strava world with all our garments yep. and suntos and all that, and like, and then to have, just have a this piece of crap watch that's just a timer. <laughs> yeah, that's it, and it's it, it is kind of liberating in a way. Um, yeah, and I mean, he doesn't even allow headphones or music or anything. It's completely technology free. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's back to basics, which, to me. That's part of the appeal as well. <clears throat> and yeah, it must be a real. Haven't sorry, got music to distract you and get you through the half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just like you know, it it forces you to connect with nature more. I think. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah, that whole concept and. His other race that he's got is that, like, with the last man standing races, yeah. and um, that, that they've just sort of become really big now, and they're sort of those sorts of races are popping up everywhere, and that's another yeah. great concept. So simple in in the idea, but um, you know, I don't know. Is that it's something? Just, yeah, amazing. I think it's a it's a fantastic style of racing, not only for the competitors but also for people watching. I believe. Um, as a spectator, from what I've heard people saying, it's just an awesome kind of race to spectate as well. It gets really exciting. Yeah. There was um, the one just down in Victoria recently where it was a, yeah. a South Austra- one of our South Australian guys, he was in the top three, Dave Turnbull. He, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's just, you know, I don't know. And yet another one, it's just all about that ability to... And it's, it's pure endurance, isn't it? Like, it's endurance yeah. at its purest. Um, but it's also, I think, for that kind of race, it's also tactics. Like, <clears throat> you don't want to get back too soon because then you cool down too much yeah. and you're standing around. But you don't want to be cutting it too fine. So I think it's, from what I understand, it would take tactics as well yeah. while you still can. Yeah. Um, was that a race that you would like, something you'd like to try one day? Um, maybe one day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. People have asked me that before, and I'm I'm still not sure. <laughs> it's um, I I actually don't think I think I wouldn't mind it actually. Um, I'm waiting for one to pop up in South Australia. Um, but, okay. But yeah, no, it's um, there's some amazing races popping up, and then now, of course, you've also got these 200 mile races that are starting to pop up everywhere. Yeah. And does did that tickle your fancy at all? Yeah, I'd like to um give a 200 miler a. a Try one day too. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, there's one here in um in South Australia next year. Um, oh, is there? Yeah, it's the the they call it, it's the what is it the Irrational South. It's the guy um, Sean Kessler who organised yes. the one in Western Australia. He's doing yep. it, and then then he's doing one in on. So it's meant to be. There's going to be like a triple crown deal. So he's going to do a, another ah. one over on the east coast, and it's going to be. I forget what he's going to call that. The Ridiculous East, that's right. And it's going to, <laughs> that one's going to go from, from Eden to, yep. to, to Kosciuszko, but by trail. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that would be brilliant. Yeah, and that would be a pretty special one. I think that's in a year or two. And, um, yeah. But, yeah, the one in South Australia is going from, I'd probably, 
you don't know South Australia, it'd be a bit meaningless. But it, I think it's following the Lavender Trail, and which is yeah, which, no. which goes yeah, it, it goes from um, Murray Bridge, which is near where yeah. I am now, up to the Clare Valley, and so yeah, that, another be beautiful countryside. But it's just ro- a lot of rolling hills and um, you know farmland and yeah, be wouldn't I don't think it'll be as challenging as the one in the Blue Mountain. Oh, the one going to the top of Kosciuszko. So that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but I, I just personally just think doing 200 miles would be pretty darn challenging either way. So <laughs> yeah, it's 320 yeah. kilometres. I <laughs> know oh, that's decent. <laughs> I know where will where does it all end? You know, once 200. I know. <laughs> in a yeah. couple of years, everyone will be doing um, the you know the 300 miles or 400 miles. But I mean, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we're getting into the um, like. Those races, like the six-day race and things like that, they're becoming. Yeah. There's one here. I've gone and watched here. In, in oh the, yeah, there's a six-day in Adelaide, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It's quite um, amazing. I, again, I don't. I wouldn't really want to do it. They do it on a yeah. one 1.4 kilometer circuit, and um, mm-hmm. and it's yeah for six days. And um, I think the winner. See, see, I think that takes some mental strength too. A different kind. But- a lot of mental strength. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, um, yeah, the the people, it was emotional watching them. And so they just, beca- I, I, I volunteered for a few of the night sections. Like I was there just, yeah. and um, they were coming in and some of the guys, just some of the runners, because they saw each other so often, they started arguing and bickering with one another. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and getting, oh, getting wow. all fired up and, and it's just because oh. you know, all over. And then like they would settle down and they're best friends again. And it's, I think <laughs> they're going up. They're riding this roller coaster of emotions together. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I did. Um. Yeah. We've because here in Adelaide we've got the 24-hour festival coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's next. Not next weekend. Yeah. Next weekend. Um. Yeah. Which I had actually signed up to do the six-hour event, and I've gone and um. Got a, a stress factor in my leg, in my feet. Oh no! So that you're off for a little while then. <clears throat> well, yeah. It, actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm in yeah six six weeks, and I can sort of get back to proper running a bit. But next week, mm. I'm allowed to run a grand total of fifteen kilometres spread <laughs> spread out over six days, and yeah. uh, so it's just um, a lot of strength and rehabilitation. Getting getting on the bike. Is okay, yeah. which is good. But you know, I've never had a major injury in my life, and so um, yeah, injuries can be very annoying and frustrating. Yep. And uh, I understand you're injured as well at the moment, in a sense. Uh, which one? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Um, didn't you hurt your shoulder somehow? Yeah, um, two weeks ago I had a fall. We were running down this sort of running down this steep, slippery section, and I put my arm down and tore my bicep and oh. partially dislocated my shoulder and oh. and I just I didn't realize that I'd hurt it that bad I mean it really hurt but um I just kept going and then I didn't get it looked at for another week and uh, so I've only had it just put back in this week and oh. that sort of stuff so running up and bright I've just been really careful on the downhill has been taking it really easy because the thought of falling and putting my arm out again it just oh my god that just fills me with pain just thinking about it so you're tough yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I guess or stupid. <laughs> at least it's not oh, we're all a little bit stupid but that's okay yeah um, there, um 
At least it's not your legs. I mean, I guess. <laughs> That's right. You know. Exactly. I can still run and, yeah. you know, it's fine. I mean, the worst thing about the injury is sleeping at night because, of course, yeah. you try to sleep on your on your arm and it hurts. Yeah. And even just lying on my back, just the way it pulls on the socket, it, it just hurts. So, yeah. But, you know. It will get better eventually, you know. So I'm not too worried about it. You're getting it all taken care of properly, though. I, um, yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've we've got to. Um, it's it's sort of a, it's been sobering for me getting this little stress fracture because I mean I was just running one day, and um, like my knee swelled up with fluid, and um, oh, okay, and I was like that's strange, and so I strapped it for a few days. Pain it went away. There was no pain, and then I yeah. I thought oh, okay, and then um, it was like all good. And then a few days later, I was out on one of my run. I was just on an easy 5K and just a recovery yeah. run. And I was like, geez, I feel like I've got a really bad case of DOMS. Like I, but I hadn't really been running much. And I was like, why, yeah. is my, why are my legs, why is that muscle so sore? And, I, and so my vastus medialis, which is, you know, like the, te yeah. the teardrop muscle on your quad at the front. Yeah. And I, um, I thought, oh. It should be fine. It'll, and I, so I got the roller onto it because I, I kept thinking I'd maybe just done something to the muscle and I was rolling yeah. it. And then I went out from one of my long runs on, on the flat and I was preparing, you know, in preparation for the six hour. And I was about 17 Ks in and it just got sore and sore. And I, I stopped to grab a drink and I literally could not start running again. You know, oh, no. and I was just like this, and it was just a different kind of pain. I thought, no, I've done something bad here. I need to stop. So, was it fracture in the knee or in the shin? It was no in the in the femur, in my in, in my thigh oh. bone. Yeah, the big the big oh, one, wow. and it was sort of the reason why it felt like it was in my um, I thought it was in the muscle. It was just directly sort of underneath there, very close to my knee though, and um, and luckily it's it's only a, it was a really minor kind of um, stress fracture to the point where they almost wanted to call it a stress reaction, but they still yeah. made me get around on crutches for a while and I wasn't allowed to weight bear at all, do any kind of activity. And I was amazed at how quickly my muscles atrophied in my legs, you know? Yeah. Like my, yeah. My, yeah. my right thigh, my right quad looks so much smaller than my left, you know? Like, uh. you know, and it's really frustrating. It's always, I was like right near the peak of my training. I was feeling yeah. really, really good. But, you know, it's dealing with that. And like I say, I don't really get injured very often. I haven't, that's the first sort of major injury I've had. And, um, yeah, it's been a bit upsetting. But I've come to terms with it now. And I'm going to get back on the bike. And like I say, and then yeah. hopefully I can do 100K come um, October. So um, do it. Do what, what's, what's in October? Uh, the the Heisen 105. I think you... Oh, yeah. You, I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's our local one, and I, I've done it yeah. a, a few times now. And it's um, like it's my I want to go out and do it, try and do another PB as you do. But but yeah, it's big, yeah. it's getting bigger. They've got three events in it now. When did you do it? Oh, quite a few years ago. No, I, I can't even remember to be honest. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I don't know, maybe four, seven years ago, something like that. Oh wow! And did you? Um, it's a bit of a different kind of race, you know. It's not a um, there's so much farmland in it. I think a lot of people yeah. don't really quite, almost call it a trail race, but I mean, it is. Yeah. It is. I just, um, I mean, it, for me, it was quite flat. Yeah. Oh, like, it is very I flat. I prefer big hills. So I find it hard work just because it was flatter and more runnable. I find runnable harder for that distance. Yeah. 
I mean, all the most of the climbing, and it's not even that much, but most of it's in yeah. the first half anyway. And then the last yeah. last sort of thirty kilometres, it's almost completely flat, you know. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, which you know, I kind of like it for that. You know, when your legs are done, you can go fast at the end. But um, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. So I um, tell, I'd like to know a little bit about your um, your coaching. You're moving into the world of coaching, is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I um. <clears throat> I love everything about running and I've always, you know, <clears throat> done heaps of reading on it. So while I was in Canada and I had <clears throat> some spare time, I did my run coaching certification and I'm a qualified personal trainer. So um, I thought I'll, you know, start doing the coaching because probably just like you, um, I love helping people and I've always just generally helped people with their running, you know, whenever they've needed it. Uh, and I'd like to, you know, try and move forward with that. Yeah. So is it fairly new, the whole... The, yes, the, yeah, yeah. Only in the last month or two oh, have wow. I started it all up, basically. Yeah, I had a little peruse of your um, your, your website. It, it, it looks good. You've got it... And, like, I... It, it's, um, I like the idea you've got some the strength programs and your online programs and sort of yep. more personalised stuff, which is very similar to what I do myself, And um, except not so much. I don't... I. I I uh, outsource for strength work because I've got <laughs> okay. I've got someone yeah. who, I've got a PT friend who's a strength and conditioning coach and we work together on certain things. But um, I like your idea of um, the, the you're doing you're looking at organising running camps. Yeah, um, and and that's also why I'm travelling around a bit at the moment, looking at different trails and sort of places where I can hold camps and that sort of thing. Um, I've gone on a few camps and it just it's. Like, I went on a running camp to Alaska last year, and the friends I made on camp are, like, lifelong friends now. I went and visited one of them in America just this year. Yeah. Um, so when you go on camp, it's just, like, a totally different environment. You can just focus purely on running and be with like-minded people. There's just something special about running camps. It's so That's funny. Cool. Yeah. I, 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 I've never. It's funny. I've never been on a running camp. But oh, really? It, no, it sounds like... Um, being on school camp or going on like a sport and rec camp, you know that yeah. it's that same kind of fun. Yeah, it's a ca- it's a fun camp for grown ups. So yeah. Why should all the why should the kids have all the fun? You know, <laughs> why not the grown ups too? Exactly. We need to, and you know, oh, I think it's a fantastic idea. And if you're um, so you're looking at maybe around somewhere around Bright. Yeah, at the moment that's what I'm thinking. I, it's just such a brilliant spot and it's got everything basically you, need. you can pretty well run from anywhere within bright and hit the trails yeah <clears throat> and part of with the camp you don't want to have to be transporting people that just makes it a little bit too difficult it's so anywhere, added cost you know, isn't it as well where so you can run straight to the trails it's awesome yeah wonderful well maybe i'll have to sign up and uh <laughs> come and join your camp and so what, good what's the name of your um your, your business peak endurance coaching peak endurance coaching Good one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's your, uh, no, it's, a, it, it's easy and, and, you know, business name matters. <laughs> and, yes, yeah. 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 Um, you're, um, and so you have, and like what, for you, the, yeah. you're, co- you're going to be coaching people and I'm, you're, I'm assuming you probably already have coached some people and um, yeah. like what do you think it takes for people who come to you and they've never done, say, even a marathon, and they go, okay, I want to run a 100K race, what what does it take? Well, I I think, you know, you need to consistently build up your kilometres and 
Um, I mean, I know <clears throat> people want to run 100 k's, but I still believe in the gradual build-up to, you know, I think you would still need to run sort of marathon distance and move to 50k. And I, I just, to err on the side of caution so that injuries don't happen, I think uh, consistent build-up is really important. Absolutely, yeah. I think consistency is, like, uh, so important. And um... uh, Yeah, that's, that's the main thing. Like, especially as a beginner runner, consistency you don't need to worry about as a beginner runny you know all the fancy things just yet just building the kilometers just to start with yeah and i'm i'm all about um frequency you know you're just doing yeah. it if it if the plan says to go you know five days a week you go five days a week you know yeah. if and i um and yeah and people want to jump up to high mileage in the week and so i'd rather yeah. i'd rather someone sit at like 40 or 50 kilometers a week for six months and build up yeah. you know or you know so yeah no i'm, I'm because I'm, it's not just the um the muscles you've got to develop the strength and the tendons and the ligaments and all those sorts of things yeah so that your body can actually have the capacity to run the distance it's it's much more than just your heart and lungs and your your big muscles it's all the smaller little bits that you can't really see or or think about as much that are so important that's so true yeah. Um, do you um, yourself spend much time working on those smaller things, like with your training? I know you do a lot of mileage, but do you spend a lot of time doing strength work? or? Um... Yeah, I'm in the gym. I like to try and get there three times a week, sometimes yep. only twice a week. But I also do, you know, um, <clears throat> drills and those sorts of things and yep. exercises at home just generally like before I run and that sort of thing to prepare my body so I, I do a lot of extra work yeah absolutely and it, I, I think um, I mean I say this as, an, as someone who's injured and who I've been going to the gym for like heaps like oh, quite a lot lately quite frequently but you know yeah. I still got injured because I mean unfortunately shit happens sometimes and look <laughs> you know I mean it, it's not like the magic bullet that will stop you getting injured but it, it will help you get less likely to get injured, but also it gives you something else to do. If you are injured, at least you're familiar with the gym and those sorts of things. Yeah. I, um, I've really noticed I've been working my sort of my glutes and my hamstrings a lot lately, yep. and I was feeling so much stronger on the hills because of that. I, I think um, yeah. I know a lot of... Um, Trail runners are really quad dominant, you know. We've got a lot of you know, ginormous quads, but, you know, nothing at the back. And uh, yeah. so we need balance. Yeah, I mean, um, and even people work their glutes a lot, but they do often forget their hamstrings. Yeah, absolutely. They're, it's incredible. And because, I mean, I haven't been doing a lot of hill stuff lately. In the last six months, I've yeah. spent a lot of time on the flats. And doing this stuff in the gym has really offset that you know, without having to, you know, I, I go and hit the hills and I'm like, oh, wow, I've got strength that I didn't even realise. And um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's great. Yeah, and, um, but, you know, obviously, so, but I, I like, I'm, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for, for gym work. Even a couple of days, one or two days a week is better than nothing, you know? And so, oh, yeah, look, I mean, I tried to go two to three times a week, but I also happen to love going to the gym, so that's, yeah. it's not an issue for me, but people who are more time-pressed than me, yeah, one to two times, anything is a benefit. And there are, other sorts of exercises you can do at home as well. So you don't always necessarily have to go to a gym. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And, it, I mean, I guess it helps to know 
if people who've worked with a personal trainer or someone and had, they can get that kind of um, that build up, you know, that like they can learn stuff from the per- they build up that knowledge and then they can take yeah. that knowledge home. And I guess if you go into any of this kind of stuff, any kind of coaching, you go in with an open mind, you can learn heaps. And um, yeah, yeah. And I find that um, the best athletes are the, the ones that are, are really are an open book. The ones, as in the best athletes that I coach are the ones that come in yes. and get, they, you know, because sometimes I'll tell people very, I mean, I'd I bang on about it on this podcast and also in my training plans, I bang on about running easy a lot, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah that's so important. Yeah. Um, so, you, do you, so you're obviously an advocate for that. Um, yeah. So sort of what sort of, um, you said you do drills and the, you obviously do a bit of speed work. So what would your sort of breakdown be like if you had to break it down into percentages? Well, the drills I'm doing are more because I've got, I don't, I don't have an injury, I have a niggle um, in my quad, which is being caused by my running style. So I'm trying to just change my running style a bit, which is um, hence the drills at the moment. They're just sort of focusing on, on my form. Um, but I try to do like some form of faster running twice a week. Yep. And, um, and then, you know, and then I'll also do a couple of runs in the hills, which I think they're just natural strength work anyway. They are, yeah. But, you know, you're having fun at the same time, so it's kind of – it doesn't feel like it as much. Um, and then other than that, I'll pretty much do flat, easy running. Yeah, no, there you go. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. just making it up. <laughs> people people can't they, – and they, they have trouble fathoming that. And I think the biggest yeah. thing is that if you run easy a lot – you're able to run more, you know what I mean? Yes. And so, yeah. vo- and so volume matters, you know. Yeah, volume matters, but the thing is if you're smashing it out every run, yes. the quality just declines. Absolutely. Uh, so you want to be able to run easy so that when you're running hard, you're really running hard. You're not just in that grey zone of nothingness. Yeah, absolutely. We're on the same page there for sure. Yeah. I, um, and look, but the, so many new runners... Well, just they live in that grey zone, you know. Every tra- yes. every training run, it's not fast enough to make you yeah. um, to give you the the benefits of a of a fast workout, or but it's too fast for the aerobic benefits. You know what I mean? Like you want to get those yeah. nice, you want to build your aerobic capacity, and that's something that I think is super important. And but running easy, you can do that, and you know. Yeah. So, but um, no, it's fantastic. Yeah, they call it they call it the black the black hole or something I, I believe and and that's kind of what it is it sucks you in but it just gives you nothing back just running hard all the time and i mean when you when you um i say save that for your races you know you're gonna yes when you go into a race you can put it throw it all out there and it's like um yeah. you know or i, I kind of look at training as like it's a bank account to, and, it's, yeah. and you're, you're putting every workout you, every quality workout you do is you're yeah, putting a, do- a dollar in yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, then you go and spend that money on race day, or in my case, you get injured and you watch it just <laughs> you watch your bank get robbed every day. That you, but it's all right. But the muscle memory is there, so that's the important thing. Yeah, I'm, I know I'll get it back. I, I was yeah. I was a bit of a, I was a bit sooky last weekend, and um, oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but it's sort of like, and I was getting around on crutches, and it was amazing going around on crutches. Like the palms of my hands got really sore. And, and so the, I was like, oh, I couldn't do this for months on end. Imagine, like, I'm just yeah. so lucky I don't have to be in the cast. And um, yeah. That, I would... Yeah, well, I had a um, stress fracture. I had one in my knee 
behind my kneecap and one on my shin, and I had to wear a boot for six weeks. Uh. Yeah, so all I could do was pool running for six weeks, which nearly drove me insane, but it was better than nothing. Yeah, it's mental toughness. It's mental toughness. <laughs> mental training. Go to your happy yeah. place. Yeah, that's um, that's so cool. And um, so do you, do you have any, um, any like, tune-up races between now and Greater great Southern Endurance? Yeah, um, there's the Bright um, Running Festival, I think it's called, I can't remember now, uh, at the end of August. And then also my friend in Canberra, is running a 12-hour overnight 12-hour race. Oh, cool. Um, which is also like it's a 6 or 7K loop. But I thought that will be really good training for me for running all night because that's something I find really hard is the sleep deprivation. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. But um, one of my so guys... I, think, so I, have, I've, I always thought, oh, you can't train that. <clears throat> but people tell me... Um, that, you, that they themselves have trained themselves to be able to run through the night just simply by doing it. So yeah, I'm going to start doing it more and testing that theory. Um, there's a guy, yeah, absolutely. There's a guy that I um, coach, and I've been coaching him for a, a couple of years now, and he's um, he owns his own business. I'm, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's listening. Yeah. I, I, I guarantee he's listening to this podcast. And he... Um, <laughs> he He's just the most meticulous runner, and he just he owns his own business, so time is not his friend at all. And so sometimes yeah. he'll have to get up and do his runs at like three in the morning, or and he'll and he likes a long run, and uh, and so over and so we'll, his long runs he'll quite often start them at maybe ten o'clock at night, and um, yeah. so really good training. Like so, just he'll get out there and. And, and so when in when he does he's done a few hundred milers now with me as his coach, and I know that in the night sections he's going to be fine because he's so because, he yeah. knows what it's like to be and he he inevitably he'll move very slowly he'll just go through the field and, and usually it's about four o'clock in the morning he'll he'll be he'll be coming up passing so I remember he did the Alpine Challenge last year and um yep. he was in like in the, in the bottom ten. You know, he was really far back. And then throughout the race, he just pulled everyone in through the middle of the night. He just pulled in heaps of runners. I'm not sure where he finished, but he was up. He was definitely in the top, like, 30%, maybe top 20%. Yeah. So just that. Well, I mean, with any kind of miler, I mean, you want to, you don't want to go out too hard at the start, mm. really. I mean, it's, it's, a long, it's a long race, and, yeah, the night time really gets you. And if you're good at the night, then... yeah. <clears throat> That's where you can make up a lot of places. Absolutely. And it is about, with ultra running, I think you've, we've got to stare our weaknesses in the face. Um, yeah. You've got to go, okay, I know I'm not very good at running downhill. Like, that's my, one of my weaknesses. And so I need yep. to really work it a lot more. And obviously, I can't do that for a while, but you know what I mean? Like, And then yeah. some people, like yourself, you know you're not a fan of running through the night, but you can, maybe you can make it so that you're slightly, you, don't, you hate it slightly less. Because I think yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then once you do it more often, it becomes mm. less scary because you're kind of used to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and possibly yeah. even look to use it as a way of in, in enjoyment. And when if you know that you're, that's your strength, you become you turn your yeah. weakness into your strength. You know, it's um, yeah, that, and that's right. And then that can change everything about a race for you. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. No, that's um exciting. Just going back to the bright festival the running festival what yep. sort of races are on there 
Um, well, I'll be doing the 50K. I believe there's a 25K and possibly like a 10K or something like that as well. Oh, cool. So that's, yeah, the end of August. Yeah, I... Uh bit too soon for me, unfortunately. Um, yeah. <laughs> with that, I, um, but, you know, definitely if anyone's keen. I know there's a lot of people from South Australia. From Adelaide, it takes about 10 hours to get over. Or maybe oh, does it? between yeah. 8 and 10 hours. So, But I know a lot of people who just do it all the time. And so, um, yeah, but yeah we're, we're pretty flat here, but we do have some nice trails. Um, so, yeah. Have, have oh, you, look, for me, it's just another excuse to come up to Bright, so really. Yeah, yeah. How long does it take you from Melbourne? Oh, about four hours. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, so nothing nothing too bad. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So lucky. That, I mean, to get within, yeah. you know, you can do it within a later, an afternoon sort of thing. Well, um, like on a Friday, I can go straight from work. Mm. You know, if I just run out the door at quarter to four. Yeah. And I can be here, you know, in the evening. So, yeah. I tell you, the bright um, tourist committee if there is one they, they should be paying us right now we're, we're selling <laughs> that's we're, right they should talking bright up pretty yeah. well but um yeah. no, it is just a lovely place and like the I, for me I, the going there at um around buffalo time because it's autumn and all the leaves yeah. are changing color it's just the, it's just beautiful like my kids we my, my kids this was like 18 months ago we went or whenever yeah. and they still talk about it like it was the best holiday oh, wow. ever you know they didn't even care yeah. that I, they weren't even interested in my race they were just they loved because we, we did a bit of camping as well and um they loved the creek or the river there and uh, oh the river's great yeah, yeah no it's it's fantastic well very good okay well i might um we might uh um, tie things up there and yep. um but yeah it's it's been really good to talk to you and i um i know a lot of my listeners will probably um have enjoyed this i hope they have and we will and sorry i couldn't give more information on barclay but that's <laughs> okay that's just the way it is yeah i know you well so my other my last question about that then is so you hope to yep. do it again next year yes i plan to um enter next year and yeah. for next year so we shall see. Yeah. Hopefully I will get in. No guarantees, of course, because it's such limited numbers. But, yeah, fingers crossed. It's, it sounds – I'll tell you what's funny. Entering Barclay, it sounds a lot like um, if you apply to be in ASIO, you know, the Australian spy. <laughs> yeah. Because if you apply for ASIO – not that I've applied. <laughs> it says on the very first thing – and I'm not a spy, don't worry um, – <laughs> It says, do, if you attend on, intend on applying for a job, do not tell anyone you are applying for this job. <laughs> oh, there you go. And so, there you go. I've just blown it. And, and that's probably a similar sort of thing. If you can't even manage that, then you're not welcome anyway. So. Exactly. And they'll know. <laughs> they know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Laz knows. Yeah. Laz will find, oh, this, yeah. he'll find this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, so I would never, yeah. Mm. And it's just part of the unwritten code of, of the people who've done it, I guess. It's, it sounds fun. It's exciting. Now it actually yeah. makes me want to do some research. <laughs> it is. It was a great, a great event, and the people there were so friendly. And it was, it was like a, it was a surreal moment because I just honestly couldn't believe I was there. Like it was like something I, you know, watched the movies, read all the information, and then there I was. I just I couldn't actually believe it. So yeah, it was one of those. Probably that's when you asked what the highlight was. That probably was it. Even though I didn't do well, it was just. A surreal, amazing moment to be there. I think doing well is very relative in in um, in that world. You know, like yes, just yes. to do. I mean, you, you weren't the sacrificial lamb, at least, were you? Oh my God, I was so nervous. That's what I was going to be, but yeah. no, I wasn't. Thank God. <laughs>
<laughs> That's good. No. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it, it, no one even finished this last year, did they? No, no. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the furthest anyone got was three loops. Yeah. Was yeah. the fun run. So, yeah. yeah. And, that... and no woman actually, uh, woman, uh, women only got furthest was one loop. Yeah, wow. Was, was, yeah. That, was Gary Robbins in it again this year? No, he's had a um, like a fracture in his a pelvic fracture. Oh. But um, I just saw recently on Instagram that that's all healed up now, so he's hoping to get there next year. He's got to be one of the best runners to have not finished that race. I know. You know, I feel <laughs> yeah. after watching the documentary with him, I felt it was very heartbreaking. I think it was yeah. probably more almost more heartbreaking for his wife. Just a look on her face, you know. Uh, She's like, We've got I don't go. think she wanted to come back again, and I think she knew uh. that meant they were coming back again as well. So yeah, because I'm, I'm, it's pretty. I'm pretty sure it's a lot of hard work for her too. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. she's got to be in some, and she's a good runner herself. But yeah, no, if yeah. you haven't, that's the. I think it's where dreams go to die. It's such a, a yeah. Um, yeah, good one. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's true. Yeah, well, um, Isabel, I'll let you go, and thank you so much for your time. No worries. Yeah, and I will. Um, if you like, I can put a post, um, I'll put a link when I post this on the, on the internet. Um, yep. <laughs> I'll put a link to your coaching website if people want to check that out. That would Isabel. be great. Thanks yeah. so much. Yep. Um, we're all, the way I see it, we're all in this together. And I'm, you yep. know, I'm not, the, you know, but I, you, you definitely know what you're talking about. And, you've, and um, if anyone wants to work with Isabel, it's, what's it called again? Peak? Peak Endurance Coaching. Peak Endurance Coaching with one of the best. Yep. Okay. Um, so, Isabel, we'll, um, we'll stay in touch and I will yep. end the podcast right now. Hi, guys. Daniel here. Just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Infinite Nutrition. So, Infinite is a product that I've been using for some time now and it is the best sports drink on the market. The best thing about it is you can customize it to whatever you like. You can change the flavors. You can change how strong the flavors are. You can add a bit of caffeine. You can add more uh, carbohydrates, less carbohydrates. You could even add a bit of protein if you're that way inclined. The sky's the limit. And look, if you don't actually understand what you should be drinking and what you should be putting into your body when you're running, you can just call the guys up at Infinite and they will take you through the whole process, which is what I love. And they're heaps friendly and they know exactly what they're talking about. If you go to their website and you put in the discount code DRU at the checkout, you will get a 10% discount. It's worth a try. Absolutely love it. Infinite. Hey, trail runners. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Trail Runners Experience. If you like this podcast and you like what I do here, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it with your running friends. It really helps the podcast grow when you do that. See you next time on the Trail Runners Experience.